Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, and whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. Hello, uh, this is Eric Sammons again. I just wanted to take a little bit of time today to talk about the school shootings. Yet more school shootings are going on uh, recently, and it doesn't seem, unfortunately, it seems like you can't uh, miss another school shooting on the news anymore. And so I want to talk about that and talk a little bit about uh, the causes of these and maybe some, there's been calls, of course, for gun control and things we can do uh, to help stop and maybe slow down the number of school shootings. But before I do that, I want to, I want to bring up a question that is perhaps politically incorrect. It's definitely not something you're going to see on most of the media, but that is, is there actually an increase in the number of school shootings recently? It seems like there is because it seems like over the past few years, we hear about these all the time. But is there actually an increase in the number of school shootings? I saw a very interesting article recently at uh, the Mises Institute, Mises.org. Uh, it's a great website, by the way. It's um, about Austrian economics and freedom and peace. That's their tagline. But it's a, it's a very uh, great uh, organization. I support it uh, wholeheartedly. But they had an article a few months ago that said... That the title of it was the pro provocative and it said, there are fewer school shootings now than in the 1990s. And he basically, the author, uh, what's the author's name here? Ryan McMacken, he, he shows from the data that there's actually fewer school shootings now than 20, 30 years ago. And if you look at actually the number of homicides in America over the past 60 years, what you'll see is there was a great increase in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, but since the early 1990s, or actually mid-1990s, there's been a decrease in the number of school shootings. There's actually been, I'm, I'm sorry, in the number of homicides in America. It peaked at about over 10 homicides per 100,000 in the year 1978, and it stayed up there, you know, near 10 for a while, but then it plummeted in the mid-90s, and in fact, uh, it went all the way down to almost four per 100,000. And now it, it, it has increased recently a little bit, but not, not significantly enough compared to uh, maybe 30, 40 years ago. And he shows that basically there are less school shootings now than there were 20, 30 years ago. The difference is they're not publicized. They're more publicized now than they used to be. And this actually is a, a point that we always need to remember that is kind of a pet peeve of mine is that issues are created by the media. Whatever the media, the dominant media says is the current issue of the day, that's what everybody's talking about, that's what we're debating. But that really does form the debate, it forms what issues are we gonna talk about. And so, if for example, maybe 50 years ago, there might have been a school shooting in some town in Alabama, for example, but you wouldn't have heard of that if you lived in Ohio or if you lived in California. Now, of course, anytime there's a school shooting, it makes the front page of the news uh, paper. It makes the you know the 24-hour news stations. Unless, of course, an armed person stops a school shooting before anybody's hurt, then they bury the story because it doesn't lend to the narrative they're trying to push, which is that, of course, we need more gun control. But I think that's something we need to remember that there might not be more school shootings today than there were 20, 30 years ago. They're just more reported now. And this is the case with a lot of things that happen is the media gins up a controversy and says, okay, this is depressing. This is happening everywhere. You need to always be careful about it. But it's really not as prominent as they say it is. Now, that being said, I just want to lead with that because I think it's important that we're realistic about how many school shootings are going on in actuality. 
But then also, I want to note that, okay, let's say there are, you know, I mean, the fact is there are still school shootings happening, obviously. So it's still a problem. If there's one, that's one too many. Now, the answer for a lot of people, of course, is gun control. Let's take the guns away, and then we won't have school shootings. And I guess technically that's correct. If, there, if no guns existed, then there would be no school shootings. Okay, I'll grant that. Of course, it doesn't mean there won't be attacks, there won't be school killings, because since the time of Cain and Abel, there have been people who have killed other people with whatever weapon they had with them, it, whether it be their fist, whether it be a, a rock, a stick, or whatever the case may be, a bow and arrow, people kill other people. And we see that now as well, because in Europe, where there is much more gun control, we still see Muslim extremists that go out and they kill people with, their, with maybe a van driving into a crowd, um, maybe a knife, something of that nature. So first of all, taking away guns alone isn't going to solve the problem of people killing people. Secondly, it's just a real pro I have a real problem with the idea because it misdirects the problem. Obviously, you could own a gun. There's millions of people who own guns who've never killed anybody with those guns. And so the problem isn't the gun. The problem isn't gun ownership. For the history of this country, people have owned guns. It doesn't mean there's been school shootings all the time and that people are, are, are firing on, on other students all the time. So guns aren't really an issue because a gun cannot kill somebody by itself. Somebody has to pull the trigger. Somebody has to fire the gun in order to kill somebody else. So I think gun control, you know, that's just something, that, that's another case of uh, leftist liberals trying to uh, increase the power of the state, increase the power of government. Because they believe, you know, that the government will solve every problem. That if the government has its hands on gun, all the guns, then you know, every problem will be solved. Of course, that goes, that's diametrically opposed to our founding fathers, who they wanted the Second Amendment, they wanted guns, people to be able to own guns, precisely because they didn't trust the government. The, own, the, the, the government they were creating, in fact, they were worried that potentially it, it could become oppressive as well. But if the people owned firearms, then that the ability of the government to be oppressive was lessened because the people could revolt against them. I mean, remember, our entire country is based on armed revolt. If the Americans, the first Americans, had, the founding fathers had not had guns, we would not have been able to overthrow the British Empire, we would not have become free. And so obviously gun control, that's not really the answer here. The real problem, as I see it, of course, it's nothing like, I'm not saying anything that is uh, shockingly new or anything like that, is our culture. Our culture is rotten. And we're raising kids in this culture and so they become rotten. What I mean by that is, you know, obviously each person is made in the image of God. I'm not going to get in the whole debate about calling people animals. But the idea is that somebody can become rotten to the core, that they no longer see other people as having dignity. They no longer can see outside of themselves often because of the fact that our culture is so rotten. And honestly, what is the incubator, the prime incubator of our rotten culture? It's the public schools. The public schools are the primary incubator of our rotten culture. Without public schools, you know, to basically foster this terrible culture, you know, we wouldn't even we wouldn't have as much of a problem. And so, really, public schools themselves are to be indicted that they are part of the problem because they foster this rotten culture we live in. They they incubate it. They they, they strengthen it. And so, really, it, the kids learn how to be more like this culture, which is rotten. And so you see people who go to the extremes, and then they become people who might engage in the school shootings. Another factor that's been brought up before, but I want to make sure I emphasize it, an article was written in, I think it was February or March, 
after a recent school shooting then that showed of the 27 mass shootings in American history, 26 of them were committed by people who did not grow up with their biological fathers. Listen to that again. Of the 27 mass shootings in American history, this is from back in March, so it doesn't include the most recent ones, 26 of them were done by people who did not grow up with their biological fathers. Fatherlessness is a grave problem in our society today. A young man, particularly because it's usually a man who does this, a young man who grows up without a father is on a road that can lead to a lot of destruction. And so when you have somebody who grows up without a father, without a father figure, somebody to keep them on the straight and narrow, somebody to discipline them when they need to be disciplined, somebody to teach them self-discipline, somebody to teach them how to deal with others, how to be a man in this world, when you don't have that, then it's very likely, it's, it's much more likely you're going to have somebody who can go off the rails and even go to the extremes. It's not saying that everybody who grows up without a father will end up being a school shooter. However, it is saying almost every school shooter is somebody who grows up without a father. And so fatherlessness, the idea that so many things we do now that don't foster family life, that go against the idea of fathers and fathers being very involved in a family, I think is, is one of the reasons we have these school shootings and other things that go on in our society today is because we have father, fatherless families. And so I think one thing we need to do is really encourage fathers to be there for their children, be there for their sons particularly, also for their daughters, but for their sons particularly, teach them how to be men, how to grow up, how to deal with others, and how to be mature, self-disciplined. So I think fatherlessness is a major problem. Another problem I think that you know, has been brought up before, but I think is a factor, is mental illness and psychiatric drugs that we're giving people. Now, I'm no expert on this, so I'm not going to get real in-depth in this, but I have seen interesting articles that have talked about this, that people are given drugs that sometimes uh, cause them to um, go against reality, kind of leave reality. And I think that's another factor that we have to look into, mental illness and the drugs we're giving kids. And we're giving kids a lot of times when they show any signs of problems, we automatically just drug them, especially boys. Because boys are made in such a way they can't, they're not made for public schools, public schooling the way we do it today, let's be honest. From a very young age, they're taught that basically the way you are is wrong. You shouldn't be so jittery in class. You, shouldn't, you should be able to focus on this task. I'm sorry, but an eight-year-old boy needs to move around. He needs to jump. He needs to run. He needs to play. And he's not going to be able to sit for you know, three hours straight like Sally, eight-year-old Sally might be able to do. And so this is another thing that goes against boys. And so we have this whole society, this whole culture that's kind of going against young men, growing up to be men, growing up on how to be uh, protectors of women, how to treat women, how to act. And so we end up having, you know, like I said, the extreme cases are cases like the school shooters. But we see this in a lot of young men today, that they, they drift aimlessly. They play video games all the time. I know some people blame violent video games on, on this. I don't, I don't think I'd put that as part of the blame as much as part of the symptom. When we have young men who grow up playing video games all the time, they're detached from reality. And this detachment can grow and can and cause many other issues. You especially see this with adults. I can't believe how many young fathers I see who are still playing video games all the time. Grow up. I mean, grow up. You need to take charge of your family. You need to raise your kids. You need to get out of the basement and stop playing video games and start being a man. And so I think all these things all work together. That's one thing I want to make sure I emphasize. I don't think it's one problem. I don't think it's one thing that's causing school shootings. I think it's a variety of things in our culture that are happening.
I also think there's another thing. I heard that this latest school shooting, I think the one in Texas, maybe it was the one before that. Unfortunately, it's hard to keep track of them all now. They said that the boy had been like rejected by a girl and teased by her. Basically, I think he had asked her out or something like that. This is something else I think is, is, a, is a problem that I think, I'm not saying it's directly causing school shootings, but again, it's part of this whole problem. And that is the fact that young people cannot handle criticism anymore. They are, from a very young age, you see this all the time with parents. A young child wants something, they're told no, and the parent immediately tries to find a way to pacify them. Say, oh, well, you can't have this, but you can have this. Let's say they want to grab a knife, and you say, no, you can't grab that knife, and they start yelling, like, oh, but go play with this. Or they want a certain thing, a certain dessert for dinner. It's like, no, you can't have that. Oh, but they start crying. Oh, you can have this instead. They never hear the words no to them directly and, and definitively. A child needs to be able to hear the answer no sometimes to a question with no questions asked, no, no explanation given, just no. So they, it kind of toughens them up. It helps them to realize that life isn't about just uh, giving into your whims. Life isn't just about making whatever you want happen and whatever gives you pleasure to happen. Instead, it's about self-control. It's about sometimes giving up, what you, not getting what you want for the sake of others, giving up things for others. And so I think a lot of times you see these kids, they can't handle rejection. You know, that's kind of the thing against the millennials, but I see it happening where they just can't handle the words no. And so perhaps that was a factor in one of these school shootings that, you know, somebody felt rejected. Now, a lot of times schools have turned this into these great anti-bullying efforts, which I'm completely against, to be honest, because I think what they end up doing is they end up just having more control of the students by the teachers, by the, by the school for the sake of, of control and for the sake of them not being able to act the way they're going to just normally act. Because what it does is it it normalizes every behavior. You see a lot of times the anti-bullying efforts are geared towards those who are um, have same-sex attraction. And now I'm not saying somebody should bully somebody with same-sex attraction, but what happens is somebody who's against same-sex attraction, who believes it's immoral, immediately they're called a bully if they express that opinion. And so what happens is anti-bullying efforts become efforts to weed out any politically incorrect thought. And I do think there's something to be said for it does toughen somebody else. Now, I'm not up when they're bullied. I'm not saying the extreme forms, obviously, of physical abuse or anything like that, but teasing. If somebody says, hey, you know, somebody teases another kid because of what they're wearing or something like that, a kid has to be able to handle that because life is going to be like that. It's not always going to be, you know, roses always going the way you want. And so I think that's part of the whole issue as well is kids learning how to be a little bit tougher, a little bit, uh, have a little bit more interior strength. I think that's a spiritual issue as well, because if you believe you're a child of God, if you believe God loves you and you have a relationship with, with Christ, then you're not going to mind when somebody makes fun of you. You're not going to mind when somebody may reject you for something you believe or something you say, because you're going to understand that there's something deeper in your life than just the acceptance of your friends. And really, that is kind of in a nutshell when I talk about all these things, in a nutshell, what the real issue is, the only way we can solve the problem of, of school shootings is to get to the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is the human heart. That if we live completely for ourselves, if we live believing the lies of this culture, of this society, then we're going to produce people in the extremes who are like the school shooters. However, if we live for Christ, if we give our lives for the faith, then what's going to happen is we're going to be much more self-directed towards God and then towards serving others. And something like a school shooting is going to seem just completely uh, outlandish to us, completely out of um, the realm of possibility. And so really, I think, again, it comes down to 
strong evangelization. We have to have people who are sharing their faith with others, building the church, making it so that these kids understand that there is something greater out there than what the, the lies the culture are giving them. The lies the culture are giving them say, you're not going to be happy unless you have money, unless you have sex, unless you have power. You know, all these things it says you have to have. You, you have to have pleasure all the time in order to be happy. But we know as Catholics, those of us who are Catholic know that there's much more to this life than just those things. That in fact, you won't find happiness from them because when you don't get them and you won't always get them, you can end up rejecting the whole culture and doing something extreme like what's happening with these school shootings. So I would just encourage us all to really, first of all, always look to the heart of the matter, the human heart, to encourage people to live their faith and encourage people to come to Christ. I think that's the real solution. It's not going to be taking guns away from people, because if you gave a gun to a uh, Mother Teresa, do you think there's any worry that she's going to shoot somebody? Of course not. A saint is never going to do something like that. <clears throat> And so it's not the gun isn't the problem, it's the human heart. And so that's what we need to look for, is the transformation of the human heart. Okay, well, that's it for today. I um, hope you enjoyed this um, episode, and uh, I'll talk to you again next week. Until next time, keep swimming against the strength.